better skills, better doctors. Join Rebecca Ong and Michael Peluso from TCM Hub as we go beyond the nuts and bolts of clinical practice to navigate some of the more challenging aspects of being a self-employed physician. Welcome to Better Skills, Better Doctors. We are your hosts, Rebecca Ong and Michael Peluso. Before we dive in, be sure to head over to tcm-hub.com and click Hub Community to join a network of your colleagues. There you can get help with your herbal medicine cases and get coached on topics covered in this podcast. Hub Community is only for those who are licensed practitioners of Chinese medicine and students who are enrolled in an accredited Chinese medicine program. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us again or joining me again for the Better Skills. Uh, oh, my gosh. Better Skills, Better Doctors podcast. My goodness, I'm a little off today. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Um, that's kind of what this podcast is about. But first, uh, just an announcement is that we do have our we opened up uh, applications for our next harmonized training, which is going to be in Gaithersburg, Maryland, and that will be in January of 2024. It's January 19th to the 21st. Um, and if you would like to apply or read about what Harmonize is all about and apply for the next one, it you can do that at tcm-hub.com slash harmonize. And we have about four slots left. So you better, if you are interested, <clears throat> I highly recommend you sending in an application. So, okay. So now to the podcast. So I actually had a totally different podcast scheduled for today. Uh, and I decided to change it last minute based off of something that happened uh, before this weekend. And uh, we are in the United States, so we celebrate Labor Day weekend in September. And this weekend was Labor Day weekend. And I had plans to see some girlfriends. We had planned this several months in advance where we would we rented a house on a lake in New Hampshire. And we're going to do it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, come back Monday. All right. So... I am going to, Michael and I, packing up the car uh, on Friday afternoon, getting ready for me to leave. We go to pack up the car, get out to the driveway, and we find that our car had been stolen. And so it was a little shocking at first. Of course, we were kind of confused. We were like, did we leave the car somewhere and just forget? Or did we let someone borrow it? Like, we were just totally, it was totally bizarre. And then we realized quickly that the car was gone. It had been stolen. And the story, uh, and if any of you are friends with me on Facebook, I put a little synopsis of it. If you want to see the guy's police report, you could see the whole story there. But in short, uh, what ended up happening was um, someone had stolen a vehicle from a dealership in the next town over, and he led the police on a pursuit he ended up ditching the car, uh, hiding it behind someone's fence, got out and started and took off on foot and apparently ditched his girlfriend in the car. And he took off into the woods and the police tried to pursue him with search dogs, the whole thing, um, but they couldn't find him. And uh, apparently he had been that about a mile, a mile away from our house. 
And at some point after, you know, running through the woods, he popped out of the woods uh, by our house and he saw our car in the driveway and he went for it. And unfortunately, the key fob was in the car. Uh, We were packing up the car. We were, you know, Michael was cleaning out the other cars. It was just a beautiful sunny day when you do stuff like that. But the key fob was in the car. So he was able to just get in, start the car and drive off. So, uh, and that's when we've, <laughs> we stepped out shortly after that and found the car gone. So it was a little bit of a crazy story and, um, still feeling a little, all kinds of feelings about it. Um, I actually did a coaching call for myself today and, you know, could use some coaching through this because, you know, it's a little bit of a shock. And, uh, whenever we go through, challenging moments, things that are real pattern disrupts, things that happened that we totally did not expect. Our brains go through a process. And because our brains are wired first and foremost for survival, it will do all kinds of things to in turn, you know, basically protect us and protect us in ways that aren't necessarily serving to us and in ways that mm, aren't really in our best interest in the end. So it's a, it's funny. Our brain is funny like that because again, it's wired for survival. And so what my brain did was first off after the initial shock kind of wore off a bit, I ended up having a bit of a pity party, right? saying things like, this shouldn't have happened. And then there were some blaming going on. I got a little mad because Michael left the key fob in the car and it's something that, you know, he's done in the past. And I get, you know, a little annoyed by it because I don't like to leave my keys in the car or my windows open or whatnot because it takes no extra effort to just take that one extra precaution just in case something gets stolen. And, um, you know, we live pretty rural and the odds that something will get stolen out of our driveway or out of garage is pretty rare, but still shit happens. And lo and behold, it happened. And so there was a little bit of like blaming, you know, like this shouldn't have happened if you didn't do this. Um, you know, this wouldn't have happened, that kind of stuff. And then my brain just started going into other places. Cause it's like, man, like it's one thing after another. And it's like, now we got to spend extra money on all the stuff that has to happen with getting a new car and all the stuff that has to happen with, uh, dealing with this situation with the stolen car, yada, yada, yada. You know, now I'm starting to think like, will we ever get ahead financially? It's just one thing after another. And like, when will life just be easy? And, you know, blah, 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 all this stuff, all the things, right? And, you know, this is just a natural place for the brain to go when it's, you know, because it's just a natural place for the brain to go. And this is actually a place where a lot of people will just kind of stay. They'll stay in this space of this shouldn't have happened, um, start blaming other people, and then start going down the road of, man, like, it's just one thing after another, you know, taking evidence from our past history, our past challenges, and bringing them to the front forefront as evidence as to why we'll never get ahead and life will never be easy and it's that, all that kind of stuff. So the brain, you know, again, wired for survival, 
And so what it actually does, it tries to hold on to the worst case scenario. And the reason why it does that is because if it tells you to like the worst case scenario is about to happen or this is the worst thing ever possible, it's going to make you stop from moving forward. It actually holds you in place because moving forward is somewhat unknown and the brain hates the unknown. The unknown is danger. And so it tries to protect you from danger. And so it just keeps, again, taking past evidence, things that may have happened in your past or your history, historical evidence that this is a bad idea. You shouldn't keep going forward. And so, you know, worst case scenario, things like what should have been, it'll start bringing up stories of what should have happened instead. I should have gone on this trip. You know, this shouldn't have been stolen because the keys should have not been in the car, that kind of stuff. And then we start indulging in the drama. Okay. Why do we indulge in drama? We indulge in drama because to our brain, drama is like a dopamine hit. And I know that sounds kind of strange, but it really is. Like, there's a reason why, like, restaurants, for example, when people will review a restaurant and if an online, like, online reviews will more likely be negative than they are positive because it is a dopamine hit to complain or to be angry. Um, So indulging in that drama, more drama, more dopamine. And so our brain tries to do that as well because it feels good, right? We are wired again for survival. We want to seek pleasure, avoid pain and avoid effort. Now there's also an aspect, a space here where, you know, when we feel like we were wronged, or if we, when we feel like we were humiliated, or we feel like we were taken advantage of, or we feel victimized in any way, we feel scared. We feel small, and we feel scared when we're in these types of um, emotions. And so for a lot of people, the antidote to feeling humiliated, feeling victimized, feeling small or scared is to be angry. You know, the antidote is anger because anger is a very powerful emotion. And so when you're feeling powerless, you get mad because it makes you feel powerful. And again, it's another clever way that your brain is trying to protect you. But as you can tell, being angry, valid emotion, but staying in anger isn't always, you know, doesn't usually serve people. And if you stay in that anger state, if you stay in this drama state, what it also does, it prevents you from being able to be adaptable to challenges. So what I mean by adaptable, it's kind of like, you know, something comes up and you make a choice as to how you react. Do you react with drama or do you react with something else. It doesn't always have to be positive, but it's just kind of, you know, loving what is, I guess, as um, Byron Katie would, would say, um, would put it. It's loving what is, accepting what is, and being adaptable to challenges as they come. 
Now, denial. Denial is also a really interesting emotion. Denial, it's another way that the brain tries to hold you back in an effort to protect you. It's a, It kind of keeps you safe. It keeps you in place. You know, denial is actually, it's very similar to the, um, to regret, the emotion of regret. And in the sense that when you're in denial or when you're at regret, it's usually, a, it's about something that has already happened. It's something that is in the past. And if you've done any work with me or listened, been listening to me, you, you remember that anything that has happened in the past is considered a fact. It's a, it, that is your circumstance. That's your situation. Because it has already happened, it is factual. And so then when we start, when we are in denial or when we are in regret, what we're doing is we're arguing with facts. And when we argue with facts, we lose that argument every time. Again, that's another Byron Katie <laughs> quote. I'm on, I'm, I'm in a Byron Katie today. So why is it actually important to be adaptable? You know, it's important because in business and in life, you know, growth, it's not linear. And we're always going to be met with challenges. Life is always going to be, you know, two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back. And that's just kind of how it goes. And, you know, part of growth is, you know, taking hits, right? Taking hits along the way. Because we only grow when we're challenged. We only grow when there's discomfort. We only grow when there's some kind of, maybe not always just pain, but definitely some kind of discomfort. And we grow once we are on the other side of that discomfort. So part of growth, it's taking hits. And then the other part of that is not just taking hits, it's feeling the pain, feeling the discomfort, acknowledging it, living it fully, not trying to deny it, not trying to buffer it away with distractions or substances or whatever it is, overworking, whatever it is that you do to buffer discomfort. It's feeling the pain, feeling that discomfort, letting it fully sit, experience it. And honestly, I think that's also, I mean, that's a part of why we are here is to feel everything, not just the positive, but also the negative because, you know, they both exist and there's no denying either one. And so you, you feel through this, you go through all of it, and then you look closely at the situation, at the thing that just happened, and then you find the reasons why this is happening for you and not happening to you. Because those reasons are there. The stuff that we're really mad about, the pity party, the denial, all of that, that's all there. And that's really strong. It's stronger than the reasons why this is happening for you. But those reasons are there and they just need to be revealed and you need to do that work in order to find it. So there's... You realize, you know, when you do this, the more that you do this, you realize that there are always options available to you. There's always options available to you, but they just may not look the way that you expect them to. And this is a really great lesson. This particular instance for me and for anyone that any of you that have gone through something that's really challenging, 
This is a really good instance or, uh, you know, showing the concept of that life is 50-50. It's not supposed to be 100% positive. It's not supposed to be 100% negative. It's actually impossible for that to happen. You can't have positive without the negative. They reference each other. They both exist in equal parts. And so life is 50-50 when we have... We can have lots of challenges, but then we also have lots of good things that happen. We can have a crappy two years, and then we can have a beautiful, perfect two years. Or we can have, you know, a terrible day, and then three good days, and then, you know, two bad days. You know what I mean? So it always evens out. It's 50-50. And because it's 50-50, what that means is... It's no better there than it is here. And what that means is you say you solve for it. So you have like, you know, a terrible situation that happened to you. And let's just say you solved for all of it. You know, you feel great. You've, you've done the work. It's no longer an issue for you. And because life is a vacuum, a new challenge is going to take its place. It's just how it goes. And so life is 50-50. It's no better there than it is here. So it's so important to know and to see and to really hone that skill of taking a challenging situation, acknowledging the crappy parts, but then also seeing the parts that why this is actually serving you, how, why this is happening for you. And so with that, you know, Michael and I, it's actually kind of funny. We were having a conversation. This is like, you know, a few minutes before I was set to leave for my weekend. And we were discussing what we were going to do with this car because the car is about 10 years old and it's starting to show some age. Um, There's definitely some issues that could arise that, you know, we knew that eventually if we kept the car, they were things that would need to be repaired. And so we were trying to decide, we were having the conversation of, do we put a huge chunk of uh, money together and just put it into the car, fix all the things that need to be fixed so that it's good to go and we just run it into the ground? Or do we sell it or trade it in Um, and put it toward a new vehicle and take on, you know, put down as much as we can take on a payment and then just slay the debt as fast as possible. And so we're trying to decide on what we wanted to do with this. Meanwhile, in this conversation, some dude's stealing our car. (laughs) So apparently that guy just made the decision for us. And, you know, this is what I'm talking about, you know, finding the the reasons why this is happening for you. This was happening for us because we were just going back and forth about this decision about this car. Well, all right, someone made the decision for us. Now we don't have to think anymore. We don't have to have this conversation anymore. So that's the 50-50 right there. Okay. So, and also what ended up happening was, you know, I, I called my girlfriends. I wasn't able to go. You know, this was on Friday. And then... You know, I had my pity party for a bit. Um, And then, you know, once I came to full acceptance of this situation, I adapted, you know, to the situation. Then 
a solution actually came to me. And it was actually my neighbor who they're good friends of ours. My neighbor offered her car to me to use and for the weekend. And I was like, sure. And so all I had to do was like, I just missed, you know, the first night of my trip, but I grabbed her car the next morning and I went and I spent the rest of the weekend with my girlfriends as planned. And it was great. So, you know, this is what I'm talking about in terms of like being adaptable, adaptability, not staying in the drama state, understanding that life is 50-50, understanding that shit happens. It's not always going to be good. It doesn't always feel good, but there's always a lesson. There's always something within there. Um, So that is my story and that's the episode for today. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts about adaptability. Uh, If you're part of Hub Community, start a conversation and ask a coach, ask a coach and we can chat. If you're not a part of hub community, you can check it out at tcm-hub.com slash hub community. And you can um, click the link at the top there for hub community. Okay. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. Bye. Rebecca Ong is a certified professional life coach for Chinese medicine physicians. She is not a certified financial planner, financial advisor, or accountant. Life coaching is not a substitute for therapy, medicine, or medical treatment. Anything discussed in this podcast is for general education and entertainment purposes only. 